Exodus chapter 22, um, it's a continuation of those judgments of the commands that the Lord spoke of to Moses in chapter 21, verse 1. Now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. And people like to say that there are 600 and some laws that the, that the Jews were to keep. Well, as far as I can tell, looking into the Word of God, chapters 22, 21, 22, uh, that, that these chapters are, are laws that are given to explain the Ten Commandments. And, and these are circumstances that are given that were to draw them back to the commands in chapter 20. And, and bring some, some realization or bring some understanding under those things in a practical way. That's what wisdom is, is the application of godly knowledge. So if loving God and loving neighbor can be found in the fulfillment of the law and the prophets, as Jesus Christ said, then these, these judgments that he gave in chapters 21 and 22 would give us understanding in the law. They would point us back. Okay. So in the passage... Chapter 22, verses 1 through 15, uh, you could call it a restitution section. And what's restitution? It's a repayment for loss. Okay, We're not going to cover the entirety of, of chapter 22, verses 1 through 15 today, but, but he's going to be uh, m- mentioning the, the, the idea of restitution in that passage. We're only covering chapter 22, verse 1 today. Okay, And uh, let's read it. It says, if a man shall steal an ox or or a sheep and kill it or sell it, that is, an ox or a sheep, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. The the, uh, message for this afternoon is easy gain. Easy gain. Uh, It it deals with the idea of of theft or stealing. We know what theft or stealing is. Taking or carrying something away that isn't yours. Take, to, to rob of one person and take for yourself. Now, in this, these both the ox and the sheep would be easy, easy grab, easy gain. Uh, but, th- but these ideas aren't limited simply to the ox or to the sheep. Uh, but it would be anything that could be taken. Um, but th- these things but had a value to them. And, and you can see that there was a value to them because at the end of the verse, it talks about one value for an ox and another value for the sheep. So they had different value, and we'll get into that. But the idea of theft, um, the, the fact that he addresses theft in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the bigger area of restitution would lead us to believe, and we should understand, that it's the natural tendency for man to steal and, and violating the, the very command in, in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 17, thou shalt not covet. Okay? So the idea of coveting is getting something that's not yours but desiring it for yourself. Paul said he had not known sin except thou shalt not covet. And he, and he further explained that in in Roman, that's in Romans 7. He further explained that in Romans 10, that knowing that the Jews had a zeal toward God, that they coveted the righteousness of God, thus they desired to take for themselves and take away God's righteousness and have it for their own selves or apply it unto their own selves. In this, in this passage, chapter 22 and verse 1, then we can, we can see that, that this command is both a violation of, or a sin against God and against man. It, it, it really encompasses the idea of the entirety of the law to take something that is not one's own. 
it's easier than than working for it anyway that 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 stealing is it's easier than working for it and that's what religion is is an attempted theft of god's glory for no man truly could work for the glory of god no man could ever do such a thing that all men have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No one could ever achieve the glory of God. So then a vain religion, an empty religion, an an idolatrous religion is an attempted theft of the glory of God. But in stealing actual things here, that is tangible, the the glory of God is an actual thing, but tangible things, and verse 22 should give us some spiritual understanding as well. Uh, the intent ha- was to, to take away something that was someone else's. So in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7, it says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. To take something, to, to, to have it for uh, their own. And, and that is to say that these people said that they were the children of God. So to take his name in vain would be to say that they indeed were the children of God, but behave in another way, or their performance uh, would rob God of his glory, a theft. So in, if someone were to steal, if someone had a life of stealing, they would indeed have a, 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 a sin against God that they had taken his, his name in vain. Do you see how the chapter 22, verse 1, violation of that is also a violation of, of that commandment, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain? To say that one is a child of God and yet to rob their neighbor would indeed be a violation of that command. As, as would be any, any sin against fellow. Uh, you, you, you can look throughout and, and it says honoring father or mother. So if one is, is a lot, has a life of dishonoring father and mother yet claims the name of, of God Almighty, they're indeed taking his name in vain. Likewise killing, likewise idolatry, likewise theft. Likewise, being a liar or a habitual false witness. Likewise, a life of covetousness. All of these would be bearing out that they indeed had taken the name of the Lord in vain. It's a most serious thing to do so. Because the Lord says, what? How does that verse end? For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. That means he is still yet in his sin. That person is a liar and a fraud and still guilty before God. So then one that would be a thief of an ox or a sheep is doing much more than stealing their neighbor's ox or sheep. But they're evidencing that they indeed are not a child of God, but a fraud. And this this passage also gives us understanding concerning uh, the commandment, uh, the commandments in, in, in in verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle within, uh, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gate. I'm having trouble how, connecting to the internet. How in the world is it a violation of that one if he steals an ox or steals a sheep? How in the world is he guilty of that command? Well, the Lord says that men are to work, that people are to work. And if people are working, there is no need to steal. That is brought up in, in, the, in the book of Ephesians. 
So consider that if someone says or, or claims, if they take the name of the Lord and they take it in vain, for them to say that they worship God and yet do no labor and do no work, that they would honor him in the Sabbath, then they also are living a life of vanity. But look at what Paul says to the church of Ephesus in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28. It says, but let him that stole steal no more. Put an end to that. But rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. So the, the spirituality of, of Exodus chapter 22 and verse 1 is that of repentance and truly honoring God in our labors and, uh, and, and loving God in all that we do and reverencing Him truly in a Sabbath, but also loving our neighbor that not only would we not steal from them, but we would also provide for them. You see how that, that chapter, tw- chapter 22 and verse 1 is the exact opposite. It's defending against the exact opposite of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28. If one truly loved their neighbor and one truly loved God, then they would take the name of the Lord and they would do so in a God-honoring way. And they would work with their hands throughout the week and they would provide for themselves and stilling no more. And in their day off, in, in their true Sabbath, in their worship of God, they would honor God for His wonderful works. And in all those things, not only would they not covet, but they would also provide for those that had need. What a turn of events that would be. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse 17, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. The root is desiring something that is not one's own, but desiring a quick gain at the neighbor's expense, at the neighbor's loss, and for the profit of oneself. You see how that's sinful. It's ugly. It's base. It's low. And this command forbids such a thing. It forbids such a thing. But word to God that we would live under righteousness. Word to God that rather than stealing, that, that we would work. Whether the, rather than, than, than frauding our neighbor or, or stealing from our neighbor, taking from our neighbor for our own gain, that we would be providers for our neighbors and that we would be loving toward our God and toward our neighbor. Again, the root of this thing is sin, covetousness. The root of it is, is one bearing a, a false witness. The root of it is, is one desiring that's one, something that's not theirs. The root of it, with a sinful heart, taking the name of the Lord our God in vain, thus being still yet guilty before God. The root of it is sin. The root is sin. The outcome is theft. The root is sin. So what's the motive in chapter 22 and verse 1? Well, what a motive is, is a reason for doing something. Some people, they want to know what the reason is. Why did you do that? Well, we can talk about it. What's your motive? Well, the motive for doing something, especially hidden or not obvious, there are two motives that are listed in this passage. The first motive is to kill it. The second motive is to sell it. Okay? To kill means to put to death. We know what it means to kill. And there are a variety of reasons that someone might kill someone else's ox or sheep. The first would be for personal use. And I say broadly, the, the, the use for that, for personal use. Okay. Well, what if someone's hungry and they need, they need the food? Well, then they should rely on the mercies and the grace and ask. Don't take. Right? Just because someone has something doesn't mean it's yours for the taking. 
Jill and I were filling up in gas years ago, and a guy asked me, uh, or I was asking her rather, if, if it had any gas. And, and while I was away from the car, I was paying. He was going to take the gas nozzle and stick it in his own can and just go with it. Well, just because we had money to pay for gas for two cars, didn't invite someone that they could take it for their own. It's, it's not right. It's not good. So to take something to per, for personal use, while that need might be there, then don't steal Right, ask. Most people would, would gladly give someone if they had a true personal need, especially if it's a if it's a food item. And most people most gladly, especially if this person needed an ox or a sheep because winter was coming and they had no clothing and, and they needed a covering or a tent or some kind of hat or, or socks to, to make out of the wool something, most people, good natured and good hearted Christian people, would have given that person in that need food or clothing or shelter or whatever the case. But need does not does not allow for sin. Ever. Need does not allow for sin. If this person put to death this ox or this sheep and it was for personal need, the theft, the violation of God's law, thou shalt not steal. It is never acceptable to violate God's law for a supposed need. If one thinks that they are, you know, that they need this thing or they need that thing, that uh, whatever the case, it is never acceptable to violate God's law to fulfill a personal need. It's sin. It's a violation of law, transgression of law. That's what sin is, says in 1 John. Sometimes also, I suppose, and I know this has happened in the past, that people put things to death of their neighbors. They take it and they kill it. And then maybe they were using it, and again, for personal use, maybe, maybe they were doing sacrifices. People do, to do pagan sacrifices around here. They'll take other people's animals and kill them for sacrifices, you know, devilish type stuff. And sometimes people put things to, to death just, for, just to deprive their neighbor of something, just for plain meanness. People are no different today than they were back then. No doubt that that would have happened. Oh, so-and-so did such-and-such to me. I'm going to kill one of his oxen. I'm going to kill one of his sheep. I'll show him. Pure meanness, still sin. There was never an accepted time to steal and thus kill the neighbors, whatever, ox or sheep or whatever. There's never an acceptable time for that. Again, if you're hungry, what did we read in Ephesians? Work, still no more. If you need shelter, I'm sure there are those that would provide uh, some form of arrangement for, for services rendered, for things acquired. Still no more. Do not violate God's command. Do, do not behave as one that has the name of God and yet, yet lives in vain. Do not be as one uh, that, that, that desecrates the Sabbath because there was no work done on days one through six. Don't be as one in the root of covetousness that desires your neighbor something and thus takes it. For your own, for your own benefit, for your own personal use. The second one be to sell it. See, the, the, again, the title of this message is Easy Gain. It's easy to steal something. It's harder to work for it. To kill it or to sell it. That would be the second motive, to sell it. And to sell it, he says, uh, he says or to sell it, not to make a gain of it. Yeah. Whatever the reason. Maybe somebody had some personal debt and they need to cover their personal debt. So they swapped their neighbor's uh, ox and they're going to sell it so they could cover their debt. 
There are people that have debts and they would they would steal from and even murder their own grandparents to, to pay for their personal debts, whatever the case. And that is, that is wrong. Again, the circumstances do not justify the sin ever. Sin, uh, circumstances never justify sin. To cover personal debt, to come out ahead. Hey, you know, I've, I've got five ox, but if I have six ox, then I can really go down and get what I want. There's a story uh, written by Jesse Stewart, a guy that grew that that lived in Greenham, Kentucky, where I grew up. And he, the name of the story is A Penny's Worth of Character. This boy, he would he would go to town on behalf of his mom, and his mom had these burlap sacks, and he would get a penny for every burlap sack he returned to the general store. Well, he had nine sacks, but to get what he wanted, his bottle of pop and his candy bar, he needed ten sacks. So he found a tenth sack, but it had a great big hole in it. Okay, so when he took these 10 sacks over, the guy gave him his money and he thus turned it back in and bought his bottle of pop and his candy bar. But oh, what a penny that that one penny of deceit for personal gain. He robbed that man in the story. And that's what the story is all about. The conscience of that little boy bearing record that he had indeed stolen against that man. But how often do people steal, whether in deceit of item or simply just taking something with intent to come out ahead in life? There is no coming out ahead when you're sinning against God. You can imagine this type of dishonesty. People steal all the time. People pillage and plunder and they loot and they rob. And they they might amass a great fortune, but they never come out ahead against God in their sin. No, it's always a, a debit. It's always a deficit. And it really doesn't matter what the circumstances. Maybe they needed to sell it again to, to make even. Maybe they needed to sell it to get out of personal debt. Maybe they were in a crisis. And maybe maybe they had some people that were threatening them. Hey, pay up or else. And they really needed the finances. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What, what, if, what, is, the, what is the solution to this? See the commandments. Trust the Lord. Do what he says. Live up to that name or that reputation, that fame and glory of the name of God as a child of God. Work six days. Rest on the Sabbath. Don't covet your neighbor's stuff, but cover your own. Seems pretty simple, doesn't it? But why yet do people steal? Because it is our very nature to rob. It's our very nature to steal and to kill and to sell and desire easy gain. This each, these each kill, destroy, or sell could, could be logically applied to basically any possession or, or anything of value. I don't have an oxen. I don't have a sheep, but I have cars. I, I have uh, appliances and tools. I, I have things that people could take and sell for personal gain, or they could use it for themselves for, for, for personal uh, use. Or just destroy it for plain meanness. There, there are things that we each possess that could fit into chapter 1. It doesn't have to be an ox or a sheep. It also doesn't matter how many ox or sheep the neighbor has because they're theirs. Yeah. You know, you might think, oh, oh well, brother, brother Joe, he, he has several cars and, and there's only two drivers, two and a half in his family. He doesn't need those cars. Well, they're jalopies. You know, they're, they're not great. But they are ours. They are ours. We own them. So no matter what you think of how many ox or sheep or cars or whatever somebody else has, what you perceive about them doesn't give you license to take from them. You see, just because Brother Adam may or may not have 10 couches, I don't know, doesn't mean that I have any right to any of them. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. 
how many sheep or how many ox one has, it gives no person any right to steal from them, to sin against God. And either motive shows intent to deprive the neighbor, and each motive, whether killing or selling, shows shows intent to be at gain at another's unwanted expense or at another's loss, to take from someone else and put them at a loss so that you could be ahead for whatever reason. That is sin. It's sin against God, and it's sin against neighbor. You look at the punishments here, and they're right because God said so. Again, in chapter 21 and verse 1, now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. God said these things are right, and therefore they are right. The difference in these fines are, is, is important is they're commensurate to the crime, or mean, it mean, meaning that they're proportionate to the crime. Okay, They're proportionate to the crime. You steal one ox, you, have, you repay back five. And you, feel, you steal one sheep and you repay back four. Okay, Four sheep for a sheep. The difference between these is important. Again, oxen. Oxen were more valuable. Okay, That's just the way it is. They were more valuable. They, they had a higher price. Uh, they, they had a higher weight. They had a higher meat. They had bigger strength. Okay? They were more useful. You, with an ox, you can till the ground. With an ox, you can pull weight and wagons. You know, you, you can go in New York City and you look in the New York Stock Exchange and there's different wagons. And you have, there's images all over these, these buildings of indus, uh, images of industry and they're, 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 they're thrown with oxen. There's oxen on there. It's an image of strength and utility, you see. So if someone had an ox, they had quite a bit farm-wise, even if they had one ox. They could till the ground. They could they, they could pull weights and, and measures. They, they could pull st- stumps and they, they could dig wells. They could do all kinds of stuff if they had just one ox. Now imagine if they had more. They're also more easily stolen. Okay, why is that? Because they're scattered out in fields. I mean, you can you, as you drive down the, the road, you can see cows and some of them are standing close by and others are standing further away. You see, they're easier to steal. They're not always packed in together. And they're more loosely observed. You don't have somebody out in the field constantly trying to corral these things. They, they just they kind of wander around. So it would be easier to steal them because they're more isolated. They're dumb animals. They can be led. And they're also more useful and more valuable. So then the fine would be great, uh, far greater to deter the theft. It, it, would be more, it would be more enticing to steal someone's ox because you could get more out of it. You could get more clothing out of it. You could get more work out of it. You could get more food out of it. You get all kinds of... It's such a, such a better utility animal, farm animal, animal of agriculture than a sheep would be. So the higher fine is there to deter the theft. So then, again, the, 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 the fine is commensurate or proportionate to the thing that's stolen. Whereas a sheep may be harder to steal. And why do you ask that? Why do you say that? Well, a lot of sheep had a shepherd. Take David for one. Do you think it would have been easier or hard to steal one of David's sheep? Ask a lion. Ask a bear. It would have been much harder to steal a sheep in those days. And also, they, uh, uh, you know, the, the Australian shepherd we have, Stella, you know, she is a sheep dog. There, there were animals that were used to both... Uh, harness sheep and also keep wolves and predators away. There's a uh, our neighbor across, 
to a cross. They used to have a burrow out there, and, and that's an animal that will keep other animals away. They're, they're, they're very protective and, and territorial, even mean at times. Sheep, they, they, they again, were, they were kept and, and fed in flocks. They were harnessed more. They were being watched over. It would have been a harder animal to steal. They were less valuable for the haul, meaning if someone needed clothing, yes, they would have some wool out of a sheep, but not much. And if they were going to have much, they would have to steal much. And then the, uh, then the, the price for sheep, it was, if it was four sheep for one sheep that was stolen, if you stole five sheep, how many sheep is that? Twenty. Yeah. Right? So you see how it's compounding there. To, to get more out of it, there would be more that would be required because you'd have to steal more. But there was also less, they were harder to steal. They were less valuable per item. But also no agricultural benefit was performed by them. You, you, don't, you don't plow a field with the sheep. You see, you don't you don't put a, a, a wagon load of, uh, or a, you don't pull a, a wagon or you don't you don't pull things with sheep. And even if you couldn't get them all harnessed, they'd all want to go in separate directions. They scatter. They're not they're not as practical for use then. So the fine per animal was less. But the restitution. The restitution is of much greater value for each. You see, okay, so five to one and four to one. It's not one to one. If it's one to one, you might think about it. But if it's five to one or four to one, this would be a deterrent. Uh, the, the number of restitution or the amount, the, 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 the amount for repayment of the loss was much higher than the thing in either case that was stolen. Does that make sense? You steal one ox, you got to pay five back. That's a lot. You steal one sheep, and you got to pay four back. That's a lot. In either case, it would be sufficient to say, you know what? I'm just going to go out and work with my own hands and get it done so I don't have to be in debt now for more sheep because of the one that I took. You see? It would deter or discourage someone from, from theft. It is also to be understood that the law is spiritual and I and I and I said that earlier but it's true that so look at the spiritual elements of, of theft in Romans chapter 7 in Romans chapter 7 and verse 14 he says for we know that the law is spiritual but I am carnal sold under sin so this addresses the flesh but if we were to be obedient to the law, we would be we would be obedient to the law in a spiritual way. Romans chapter eight, verse one. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So if I was walking after the flesh, I would be a thief. And so would you. But if I'm walking in the spirit, I'll still know more. And neither were you. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So rather than the law accusing me, in chapter 22 and verse 1, I by the spirit of God in Jesus Christ am liberated, both not to steal, but also to provide for my neighbor. And also not to take his name in vain, and also not to covet. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, you could not obey Exodus chapter 21 and verse 1. If that was the only command, you could not obey it. That's right. Couldn't do it. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. 
that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Now, Christ fulfilled the law, but Christ fulfilling the law and granting unto us the Spirit of God unto salvation, now the righteousness of the law or the spirituality that is in the law would be fulfilled in us in a practical way. How so? Still no more. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That walk is our act of the, uh, how we behave ourselves, you see. So if in my behavior I am not to steal, but I am to take the name of the Lord my God in sincerity, I'm not to covet, I'm to work six days, the seventh day I'm to rest and worship and adore him. But I'm not to sell and I'm not to deprive or, or fraud my, my neighbor at all. I'm not to cover his, his, his possessions or her possessions. But for the love of God and love of my neighbor, I am to walk but walk after the, the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. They're looking for opportunities to steal and covet and so on. But they that are after the Spirit do mind the things of the Spirit. And what is that? Loving the Lord your God with everything you got and loving your neighbor as yourself. The fulfillment of the law, walking in the Spirit would teach us that we that we would not desire at all to steal from our neighbor. Our conscience is bearing record. You don't have to teach a kid to hide themselves when they steal, do you? You, te- you tell a kid that they can't have a cookie, and even if they don't know what those words mean, you walk around the corner and there they are, and they're busted, and they know it, and they can't express themselves, but they know it, and they try to hide it. That's an expression of their own guilt, their conscience bearing record before God and man that they have indeed stolen. It's also to be understood that the natural man is not spiritual and it's adverse to the law. It is the tendency of every man, woman, boy or girl to steal, to steal. When Adam sinned and he attempted to cover himself, whose fruit did he steal? He took God's fruit. God said, "Don't that, that, this is mine. Don't eat it. Right? He took it anyway, and he ate it for himself. He stole it. Thought to benefit from himself, didn't he? Did he benefit from himself? No. When he sewed his fig leaves together, whose fig leaves did he take? He took God's fig leaves. They weren't his fig leaves. They were God's fig leaves. He didn't definitely didn't benefit him. Didn't clothe him at all. Natural man is not spiritual and is adverse to the law. Natural man desires to sin against God, to steal against God, and to steal against their neighbor. The law outlines the wonderful character of the Lord. And if we were to understand the law and see how Christ in his beauty, in his glory, and in his deity, he fulfilled the law, we would see how that the law outlines his beautiful character. We would also see how that the law outlines the, the, the totally depraved nature of every single human being born of a woman fallen under Adam's race. Every single one. Except again, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone is guilty of chapter 22 and verse 1. Everyone has coveted. Everyone has stolen. Everyone has desired something that wasn't theirs. Either for, for self-use or personal gain. Everyone. One may say, well, I don't have any ox or sheep. This, that's why I stole. I don't, I don't have anything. I need, I need, I need. One that could not pay would still be bound to the value of these items. Say that you had 
See that you say that you had stolen an oxen from somebody and now you have to to pay five back. You might say again, oh, I, how can I pay five back? I didn't have any to start with. That's why I stole one. That is now your problem. That is now your problem. One is not relieved of the penalty of the law just because they can't pay it. That's what eternal judgment's all about. No one can pay for the theft of, or attempted theft of God's robbery, but that does not relieve them of the punishment commensurate to the crime. It does not relieve them. Oh, I don't have the ability to pay back four sheep. Again, too bad, so sad, do not sin. Ability to repay does not alter the obligation to repay. Now, it's a pretty heavy crime in our, in our United States if someone's driving without a license or they're driving without insurance because not only do we know that those people will not have ability to pay out of their own finances, now they don't have the insurance or the backup that some, they could restitute or repay someone for their loss without that insurance. And then they just disappear. They, they hit and run or whatever. But there is no hit and run in God's ideas of restitution. There, there is no one breaking free from or escaping the penalty of the law just because they do not have the means to repay. No, they are still obligated in restitution. There used to be a time when someone, if they were to go to a restaurant and the bill would come and they didn't have the ability to pay, well, guess what? They're washing dishes. They, they would have, there'd be a punishment or there'd be a service that they would have to render to repay for what they had taken or stolen. When this, the restitution outlined by God, it's right. But before God, know this, even things undone, people can steal and get away with it sometimes, so they think. But there is no getting away with theft before God. There is none. There is none. How do we apply this toward God? Men attempt to rob God of His glory, and they do it every day, and they call it religion. We read it earlier today. We'll read it again in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. You read this, and you're outside of Jesus Christ. Know that you're a thief. You're a thief. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, ignorance does not let them off the hook. That's right. And going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves under the righteousness of God. They attempt to rob God of His glory and establish their own righteousness. That's theft, and that's, that's high-grade theft is what that is. But that's, that's after the similitude or after the likeness of Adam's original sin or Adam's original theft. That he wanted to be like unto God, didn't he? You eat this and you can be like God. That's what the old devil said, that serpent. So attempting to establish his own righteousness and elevate himself to a place equal with God, he rebelled against God, and it didn't work out too good for him, did he? No, he fell, and it brought, it brought sin and death upon all mankind. Who can steal, and who can kill, and who can share the glory of God? Can anyone, can anyone truly do away with God, or, or truly, truly uh, put, them to to put him to death? And can anyone truly steal God's glory? He certainly won't give it away. Isaiah, uh, if you would please, in chapter 42. Isaiah in 42 and verse number 8. Isaiah 42, verse 8 
says, again, we're, we're talking about stealing and stealing something that belongs to somebody else, either for, for promotion of self or, or for the benefit of oneself, for personal use, or to make a gain of it. But how could someone steal or rob God of his glory? Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 8 says, I am the Lord. That is my name. That's my reputation. That's who I am. And my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. The Lord, he will not, for sure, he will not surely share his glory, and no one can can take it. No man shall steal his glory and go in and rob him. How How can they make it to him? It would be easier. You know, people for a while tried to steal the Hope Diamond that was under major security. There have been attempts to, to rob Fort Knox and all its gold. One would be easier to find the mystery and rob a black hole of its mysteries and, and of its wonder and splendor and the dynamics of its gravitational pull than they would to rob God of His glory. It would be easier to overcome that event horizon and return back into civilization from such a black hole than it would be to enter into the presence of God and steal from Him and even make a gain of it. Impossible. It'd be impossible. How could any possibly attempt to repay God of His glory? Think. Look back at the verse. It talks about stealing, which it would be impossible to steal God's glory. But men try anyway, don't they? They try through their religion, through their attempts, through their baptisms or whatever. They try for personal use and for personal gain, to make an easy gain and to be like unto God. They attempt to rob God or steal from Him. But on the recompense, who, 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 who in the world could repay unto God if they were to steal His glory? How could you pay the God Almighty, how, how, in, in His glory that is immeasurable, how could you repay Him fivefold? How could you repay Him fourfold? If it's fourfold for a sheep and fivefold for an ox, well, it would be an infinite amount of whatever to repay God of anything you could take from Him. How could anyone make such a, a repayment? Well, I tell you, throughout all eternity... Those that have attempted to rob God of His glory shall wail and gnash of teeth, and it'll never get cooler. It'll never get easier. It'll never light up. Not in five lifetimes, not in four lifetimes, not in a hundred lifetimes, but throughout the ages of eternity, one will be paying the penalty of sin and of theft against God, attempted robbery of His glory and of His righteousness, establishing their own righteousness. It is impossible to repay such a thing under the Almighty. Thank God. Thank God. Proverbs. Look at the book of Proverbs. You think about balances and you think about, uh, about payments and repayments. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 1, a false balance is abomination to the Lord. That, that, that false reimbursement, or that false restitution, or that false payment for something that is owed. There's no amount of oxen or sheep 
all, all, the, all the sacrifices that they did in the Old Testament and in the tabernacle and the temple, none of those things took away sin. So the repayment of all is a false balance, abomination before the Lord. The repayment, someone pre- turning their lives over to God, that's a false balance or payment unto God. The just weight is his delight. What is that just weight? That's the Lord Jesus Christ himself. As everyone has stolen, everyone has stolen, everyone has robbed God, everyone establishing our own righteousness by birth or attempting to live lives of sinfulness and wickedness and vanity, emptiness, stealing against God, stealing against our neighbor, living lives of sin. Yet the just balance, Jesus Christ, he paid you see that, that word, he shall restore? He restored yeah. his people unto the Father. He, he made things of a, of a just balance. Is the delight of the Lord. He made things square before God. People say they want to try to make things right with God. You can't make things right with God. Jesus Christ made things right with God. He restored fellowship of those that had stolen and were at a loss before God. Sinner, don't steal, adding sin against sin. Practically, don't don't take things that are not yours. Don't steal having nothing to pay. Before God, most of all, quit trying to rob God of His glory. Quit trying to rob God of adoration. Quit trying to rob God of the substance of His creation. Much, Much more than an ox and a sheep. Remember that man was made in God's image. Sheep wasn't made in God's image. Ox wasn't made in God's image. Man was made in God's image. So when you take you, you take you and use you for your own personal benefit, and you use you trying, trying to make a way for yourself. You are robbing God of his possession. You. You have stolen. And you have nothing to pay. You don't have five more U's. And you don't have six more U's. I don't mean a U lamb. I mean you, Y-O-U. And whether you set out to kill it or sell it or abuse it or whatever, you have stolen what belongs to God. And only Jesus Christ the righteous, only Jesus Christ the righteous can restore a thief unto God, unto the rightful owner. We read in Romans, Romans chapter 10. I believe I wrote the right passage here. Romans chapter 10. Verse 4. They went about to set their own righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law. For righteousness. To everyone that believeth. Does that mean that that he put away the law and the law now no longer has any kind of of merit or goodness? Of course not. He refuted that in chapter 7. But what he's saying is he's the fulfillment of the law. He's the restorer of the thief who took from an owner. Christ alone can put at satisfaction the damages of your theft. Christ alone 
Well, how does he do that? Well, he's the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Well, if I've stolen against God, how, how in the world can things be right? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't believe in anything else. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Thou shalt be, chapter 22, verse 1, restored. You shall be restored. Put an end to the debt of the law Christ did for his people. Trust him. Believe him. Only. Child of God, don't steal. You know children of God can steal also. Don't try to deprive your neighbor of their goods, their wares, their possessions, their tools. People of God, sometimes we, we can be kind of cunning and, and hide it. We're still thieves at times. Don't try to kill or destroy items of others. Again, that breaks up three, at least three commands, taking the name of our God in vain and, 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 and not providing for our own selves and coveting what is our neighbor's and stealing. Don't try to profit from your neighbor against their knowledge. That is theft. As children of God, we're living according to the spirit of the law. That's what we read in Romans chapter 8 earlier. We're to live according to the spirit of the law, that we would walk in it, not according to the flesh, but after the spirit. We're to love the Lord with everything we have and thus take his name, not in vain, but in sincerity. We're to worship and adore him on, on, on our Sabbath, on, on the days set aside, and all his wonderful works. But it works six days of the week, therefore not having a need to steal or to covet. Do not attempt to rob God of his glory, even knowing the glory of God and salvation. Oh, you know the children of God do that too. We have a tendency to be self-righteous at times. In our salvation, oh, we know they don't. They're so dumb. We're so smart. In our beliefs, oh, we're so right. They're so wrong. We're so good. They're so evil. In our gifts, the Lord has given us understanding and, 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 and different attributes and, 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 and fruit of the Spirit. And sometimes we, we forget that it is the Spirit's fruit and not, not ours. As children of God, we're to not steal. And we're to realize and remember often, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, as one that has a possession and that of a, of a spiritual nature. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7, For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou didst not receive it? We didn't work for it. As much as we're commanded to go and sin no more, the graces of God and, and the mercy and the love of God and, and the, the salvation and the beliefs and the gifts and the different things that we have, it's not like we went out and got it. Yes, we, we, are, we are commanded and commanded to, to study and make use of our, of our time and our resources in the Lord. But that, even that by the graces of God that he gives us by, day by day. So in all things, children of God, do not attempt to rob God. If you know something, thank God for it. If you're used of God uh, to, uh, in, in a work or in a measure or for his glory, thank God for it. There is no room at all to pat oneself on the back because they believe this or they believe that or they're a member here or they do this or they hold this position or whatever. 
All those are attempts of the old flesh to receive glory and establish our own righteousness. Repent of that. Squash that. Trust in the Lord. Do not steal. Love the Lord with everything you have, child of God, and love your neighbor as yourself. And instilling no more, also looking out for others, that they be not deprived and give unto them. Those oxen, they just keep teaching us, don't they? The, uh, this, this section, again, on restitution, I thought about covering it all in one section, but there's just so much here. There's so much here. May God give us spiritual understanding in these things. May the Lord bless the preaching of His Word.